Greetings. I am Queen of the Stars, coming to you from the liminal space where time isn't linear and multidimensional frequencies are alive and present, emanating from me to inspire truth, authenticity, balance, liberation, and cosmic alignment. True to my name, I travel the stars and cosmos far and wide through my emotional technology and have created this podcast to prophecy, in other words, to declare or foretell through divine inspiration. This podcast is going to involve time travel, jumping past, future, and parallel timelines to share wisdom and inspired journeys from resonant souls and high vibrational beings. Queen Prophecies is a conscious act in service of all on their unique paths to assist in the upgrades and activations at this precise moment on Earth. Sit back and enjoy the frequencies. Take a journey with Queen. And my guest in this episode, Dianta. Today we are traveling al Caribe a la isla Curaçao, and linking up these energies with the ancient future Mayan Lago Atitlan. Much unfolds when we connect our truest intentions, prayers, and heart power. And I know that this conversation that we had is truly going to activate and ripple out in the collective. Spirit has brought me Diantha not only because of who she is, dragon mama and guardian and oracle of Isla Curaçao, but also because of what she is willing to share with each of you through her dragon wisdom and embodied experiences. We are moving into a time and space on planet Gaia in which more of us are going to remember our origins and divinity, our calling and gifts. And yet, it is through our own free will what we decide to do here in the earthly realm. We are dreaming Gaia into ascension, so long as we align with what role we truly came here to play. Copy somebody else's path and you deprive yourself and the world of your unique magic. I invite you now to listen to the Dragon Children through Diantha's story. With all of my love and gratitude to have you here in this multi-dimensional time-space continuum, let's get into the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
beautiful beings i am so very excited and honored to share another conversation and connection and grid yeah grid encoded transmission from beautiful lago atitlan here in guatemala and my guest beautiful sister of mine, beautiful dragon sister is going to tell you where she's transmitting from. And I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, everybody. I feel so much joy just coursing through every cell, every part of my being right now. Uh, my name is Dianta. And I am now in the Isla Curacao and known to me as Isla Curacauta, which is the island of the ones who heal the heart with the hands. And I am very, very honored to be uh, working with this island, to be a voice to the island um, in many, many realms. Uh, guided by my own dragon um, aspect and by many elementals and nature spirits in that endeavor. Um, by all means, I am more uh, open conduit, a vessel for all these beautiful energies to be able to speak in a human tongue and to be understood for humanity. So... I am honored to be here with you, sister. You know, I'm always excited to connect with you. And I feel a lot of emotion right now actually coming through suddenly. So just letting that pass through the body and the island is responding as I'm speaking to you. So I'm very excited as well to communicate and uh, to be here with you all today. And I serve as an oracle for the island and I serve humanity and I serve my dragon sisters all across existence. So that is who I am. Uh, if I have to narrow it down to anything, <laughs> <laughs> very, very much a lot of things. 
<laughs> but definitely that I am a dragon mother to a beautiful dragon child. Um, and I am also now receiving another dragon baby coming into this realm. And this one is very, very much connected to the blue avians as well. So it's, it's a joy to experience all of this in the body. Yes. Yes, sister. Okay, so because not everybody's good at geography, uh, just want to let people know that you're in the Caribbean. Yes, I'm in the Caribbean. I am, most people know Aruba um, as, a, as an island. So it's three islands right in front of Venezuela and Curacao is the middle island. Beautiful. So sister, you mentioned that the island of Curacao in its original uh, language name means something with the hands and the heart. And I'd love for you to, yeah, share a little bit more about that with us if it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because this is the first time that I'm sharing this in this way. I have shared it before in small groups um, on the island. Um, to also in conversation with certain other beings that serve the island as well. Um, but this is something that has started for me in 2018. And in 2018, I basically had um, this encounter with, with, a, with a nature spirit on the island after climbing the tallest mountain on the island. And it was quite an experience for myself because I am terrified of heights. <laughs> so um, I was crying all the way up and there was just a lot of emotion. And when I ended on top of the mountain, I closed my eyes. And in that split second, I was shown how the island rolls from the ocean like a mountain and how this island used to be a very important hub um, between different civilizations. Um, it, it, it also served this purpose in recent history as well, but showing me that um, how the island basically got created um, and how important the island was from an energetic perspective for the Caribbean. Um, it wasn't until later on when I was in Holland in 2020, um, that I received this name, Urakauta. This happened after a couple of meditations and a couple of journeys and um, really feeling um, into the spirit of the island and really talking to um, the higher self, you could say the true self of the island and her introducing herself as Urakauta and explaining to me that she holds the children of the Heart Island and that she um, basically instructs these healers, these medicine women and men, um, on how to heal hearts with hands. So this has been the purpose of the island um, since time immemorial. Uh, it has been a school, a hub, uh, marketplace, a place of exchange of 
where different energies meet and intersect and create more diversity. And um, it's, it's interesting to me that I received this as well because being born here and having all these different nationalities here and myself i am my mom uh, her descendants come from the wayu tribe and another part comes from africa and uh, west ghana area and on my father's side he came here five years old from uh, portugal from madeira so i myself am mixed of different um lineages and different cultures and I always, always felt that the island wanted to come through. Um, always felt like there is this bridge that I could serve as. Um, always feeling also that the moment would be the moment so that it's something that I can't force or, um, yeah, like consciously make happen. But it was more something that in preparation eventually would come on my path. Nonetheless, it surprised me a lot. And now um, the island ever since 2020 um, and also being in Holland and bilocating to the island, working with different galactic teams to activate certain points on the island and to make sure that these energies can flow and become available for different beings that were coming to the island. Some were already here, were born here like myself, but a whole bunch and whole host of beings that were being drawn to the island to activate their own capabilities. And it's been, I've been working with um, children from three, four years old who have these gifts and these codes um, that are supported by my little mother, Kura Kaluta, and also older uh, generations. So that's been something very interesting for myself, being a student, learning from all these incredible beings that I get to serve and um yeah it's been pure joy really and also a lot of confusion because sometimes it's an it's an overload of information like today <laughs> and it takes time for me to like structure and um bring it into the body of course so but it's an honor to serve the healers who are learning again or remembering i should say uh, their capabilities to heal hearts with their hands Wow. There's so many threads I, I want to go off of. Um, and I'm feeling like the most, the one I'm most excited about, and I know that you can share really, really potent information and also wisdom and experience is the thread of the children. Ah. <sighs> Because as, as we've gotten to know each other, um, I know that you're very connected to children, dragon children, and also children that have not yet come into physical form on this planet, have not been, you know, have not come through the womb, you could say. They're, they're here, you know, they're here in in different ways in this realm and they communicate with us if we're open and listening um, and you call them spirit babies. And I, I would just love for you to share a little bit more on this because a lot of people, number one, don't know what it is. What's a spirit baby? What are you talking about? <laughs> and also, you know, 
I, I think it will really spark their curiosity and also touch their heart because it's time to start speaking about these truths that we know, that we know from experience, that we know from our connection to source. Yes, and I think that's exactly where I want to start as well. It's that knowingness. And um, the next piece that I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to share, um, I would invite everybody to just step into their hearts and um, to hear this message from, from that space, um, because this is where these children also um, reside in every single mother still waiting to birth their own and every single mother who will never birth in this lifetime their own spirit baby, but who carry the energy, weaving it into the field, making it possible for these children to come in where they need to come in. My own connection with this stream of, of consciousness started very young. Um, I think I was about three or four years old myself when I first got introduced to my dragon. And I got introduced to my dragon through the elemental realm. I had some fairy friends who would come and play with me when I was around three or four years old. And um, I remember this time fondly, but I remember it also energetically, more so than by actual memories. I remember how it felt, um, how it ignited my heart to have these friends, I would also speak about them to my, my own mother. And um, when I was older, she would remind me of these friends often and talk very fondly herself about how I would run into the house and tell her that I wasn't playing with them anymore because they, they, don't, want, they don't want to play my game. They just want me to listen or that I was <laughs> getting a little bit impatient because I wanted to be exploring and playing. And sometimes there were more like instruction-like games happening. So my first time meeting my own dragon was at a very young age, but this dragon would just be with me and would surround me and protect me. And I could feel that energy as Mother Sophia, as a Sophia dragon consciousness, just holding me constantly, like literally um, when I would have a hard time with processing what I was experiencing and also not having resonance in my environment, I would feel this hug, like this, this energy constantly holding me in place and telling me that there, everything will come, everything will fall into place, you will understand. And just let all of it just come through the body, let all of, the, all of it just be here. And I would just follow suit. I would just listen and allow that to happen because it felt good, it felt right, it felt grand. And a part of me always registered that as being who my true self is and maintaining that even in my teenage and mischievous years and even in um, going to my own ego training process and understanding lucidity within this reality and having these, these polar opposites operating inside of me, learning how to marry those. And this whole process was guided um, infinitely by this field of Sophia consciousness. So when I think this was in 2011, I was called to the island because I was living in Holland because most of us that live here, we go to the Netherlands to study. Um, and so I was there and 
I started to receive a lot of information again. So it was flooding in and made it almost impossible for me to even connect again with my own environment in that time with my friend groups, um, being perceived almost as insane or crazy for the things that I was sharing. And this reminded me again of what I experienced as a child, of course. So in that period, I went to this retreat and I went to this retreat in Belgium. And um, when I came back from Curacao and at this retreat, I was in meditation. And in that meditation, I saw a very big, beautiful lotus flower just spurred from my, my womb. And it was opening like its petals piece by piece. And I remember receiving this knowingness that this dragon that was always with me was igniting this to happen and that was delivering um, a child through me. I could also see the child running around me at that point and I could hear her giggles. And I remember talking to my mom after that experience um, through uh, Skype and her telling me, there's something strange around you, like something weird happening there. And I just knew, I knew at that point that I had received this child, this energy within my womb that was weaving and, and wanting to come through. And about a month later, I discovered I was pregnant. Mm. So basically the, the, the being who introduced me to this capability of myself being able to perceive these realms, these children, um, was my own daughter, Ayo, Ayunin Kali who is a beautiful eight-year-old goddess right now, she introduced me to this whole experience. She would take me to diff on different journeys and introduce me to different power animals, hers, and of these many, many children. I, could, I started seeing them all around me. I could see them as orbs or as elementals or whatever form they prefer to be in before being in physicality, being in form. Some of them had instructions for me on how to communicate better with them, on how to train myself basically to step out of the way to be able to let these dreams just come through. Um, but also more, let's say, physical things that I needed to, um, to do in, in order to be able to completely receive this energy. And one of them was birthing Ayo. So being prepared for her birth, um, being encouraged again by the dragon uh, consciousness to prepare for that. And I remember just lying on, on my bed and being surrounded by women, surrounded by endless rows and just circling me of these, all of these women. I could see their faces. I could see some of my ancestors. Um, I could see some of my own aspects being there. Um, I could see all these different masters and enlightened beings um, standing around me. And a lot of them also that I did not recognize, but I knew were sisters that would be receiving the gift that at that moment I was receiving, which was to be able to birth such a beautiful um, dragon consciousness being on this planet. Uh, during birth, my birth was beautiful. It was very orgasmic. Um, Ayo came in peacefully. She came in through a river. I had to bring her across, serving as a bridge again. <laughs> and then uh, she was here. 
But the lesson didn't stop. The lessons continued because I was guided to become a doula. And um, being a doula was a whole different experience all on its own, being taught again by all these beings that would come to me first, present themselves, and they would ask me to guide their mothers in the process of birthing them. I was instructed on different things from immaculate um, uh, conception to everything that had to do with how to actually birth these children to correct the birthing template of humanity within all female bodies and male bodies carrying the seeds. Um, what I needed to share with people around me um, for, in order for them to be able to open up even to the idea just that something like having a, having a child or birthing a child um, painlessly is something that is completely a reality. And it's even a birthright um, for us as human vessels to be able to do that. So all these, this information started coming through and every single being that I met, that I had the privilege to guide, the honor to guide, um, would give me another piece of that puzzle. And it was very interesting also, what I noticed myself is that um, these spirit babies, it's a, it's a promise. It's a promise to humanity. It's something that was completely intentionally, um, and with intention, I mean with the highest of highest intentions, was promised to humanity to happen, you know, in this time, that these children, these avatars, would come and be born through human form, through human mothers that are walking a path of full realization, that are committing in devotion to self-realization. And that for them to come through, um, through human consciousness was very important, that they needed to be born um, bringing full awareness within the field of humanity and aiding as well the process of what is now called awakening, what is now called the awareness that is being brought to humanity of their own origins, of their own um, divinity and angelic origins specifically. So these beings come from different um, lineages. They are composed of different lineages, but they are um, completely new. They exist outside of what we experience as time in any way, shape or form. They are not bound by the rules that we have experienced. They are bringing in the complete Sophia consciousness. And they have gifts that are unimaginable, but that we will start seeing uh, more and more of um, in these coming times. And they also bring gifts for their parents. And they choose their parents. They choose their mothers first, and then they choose their fathers. So these beings are creating themselves uh, completely in a completely new way. And they are something else to experience, you know, and sometimes receiving their messages is a little hard because of the consciousness or the growth process that their mother or parents are in to deliver the messages sometimes feels almost um, to the parents as a punch in the gut <laughs> due to most of the programming that has been received about, you know, avatars and avatar children on the planet. And they exist really outside of most laws that have been written. So it's 
I would even say cutting edge information, cutting edge technology um, that they consist of. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the that. short explanation, by the way. That's the shortcut. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes. <sighs> so, first of all, what an amazing being your daughter is to have yeah. been the initiator or the catalyst to really yeah, I feel get you on the path to, yeah, the, the ever unfolding path of becoming this bridge that you are, this bridge for mothers, this bridge for, like you said, these new, these new children, these new um, fully, fully, fully equipped beings who are coming here with so much love and so much, um, yeah, I guess passion is the word that comes to mind, love and passion. Absolutely. To just be, to be who they are, you know? Yes, absolutely. And my, um, my daughter, Ayo, uh, she refers to herself as a goddess. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's always really, having some conversations with her very interesting. She has a keen um, sense of truth of what is real, what is not real to her and to humanity. Um, she would correct things that I would say she still does um, in a way that is almost instructional to me. Um, she has taught me that as parents um, and even the word parent, uh, she has taught me in journeys as well as in being her own guide, that the word parent needs um, to be almost abolished, <laughs> sent into oblivion because of um, it being and having become empty because what we are to each other are guides. We serve each other in the process of becoming, of self-realization. And what is interesting also about her um, and my experience of her is that she has given me um, much of what I, I needed to realize myself about myself, things that I found difficult to accept, um, even when meeting my own guides, my own spirits, um, spirit guides, that I would reject certain ideas that they would present about what, I, what my purpose was. And she would say something, like I would be standing in the kitchen or I would tell her something and then she would just look at me and tell me, yes, but you are a dragon and you need to understand that. And, you know, like little <laughs> short sentences like that. And, and I remember as a one-year-old, she would feed me flowers. She would always bring flowers and try to put them in my mouth. And she would say, you have to eat because dragons eat flowers. You have to eat. And constantly instructing me, like the connection to the elementals and the angelic realm and the dragons and how they um, also come from these same creational fields, right? So they, they are as ancient as they are complete, completely coming in from the future. So it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting energy to perceive as well when they're not in physicality 
as when like Ayo, they are here and, and experiencing the world as, as we know it and being very instructional, very corrective about things that we consider normal, right? But we consider um, common sense even. And her seeing that that's not common sense at all. It's just, you're used to that, but it's not true. And she would correct me all the time. <laughs> she still does. <laughs> uh, could, yes. you, could you elaborate a little bit on that concept of these beings being ancient and yet from the future? Because oh, I yeah. think some people, even just hearing that, or maybe they even missed it. Maybe it already went over their head. But to me, it's like my <laughs> ears went up and I was like, yes, let's talk about that. Um, well, yeah. I think it relates to the fact that they exist out of every concept of time that you can even think of or imagine. I mean, beings um, like ourselves who have been on an extremely um, interesting path of discovery, um, you come across many concepts of time, you know, from the Mayans or um, from the Hindu system or even from the Bible and having, having to deal with linear time, right? Or even the understanding that time as we know it is a spiral. Um, to them, time is almost like a game that they initiated themselves. So if I could tell it more like a story, these beings were there when this feminine based universe was brought into being. Um, and because there is no connection between points in time that is um, linear in any way, it's like spirals that go out and connect with each other in a big web filled with spirals, filled with galaxies. Um, they have the ability to be everywhere at once. So for them, the future, what we would call the future, is something that they started building and, and living um, from the moment that they were created, right? Which is an ancient time is when this universe came into being. So it's almost like they exist in all time simultaneously. So for them, it almost becomes like what Ayo once told me is she collapsed time in order to be here. So I think that's the best way to explain it as well, is that the concept of time needs to be perceived through the heart where everything is possible simultaneously. And then immediately you get to who they are, that they can exist everywhere simultaneously, which is also where humanity is headed as a species. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. And if I could share a tiny little dragon story that ha I think is re pretty relevant to what you just explained. Um, last year living in Avalon is when I really started consciously connecting my heart to dragon energy. And, you know, it started with the grid work, putting my feet in that ancient, ancient land. And it continued with the cacao practice that started coming in. And then a lot of it was just in meditation, like really being guided, really being um, opened up to many possibilities through through my technology and one of them being journeying. So I, I was being journeyed 
by a sister and in that guided meditation um, we were supposed to meet a being you know we were coming up to a being and everybody was going to experience the being that they were going to experience mine happened to be a dragon and then the dragon was going to gift us something and the dragon gifted me a sword and the sword that i was holding for me it, it's always related to truth and honor and you know in in the avalonian lands it's very also related to like chivalry and just this balance like this really ancient beautiful balance like it's this i can i can go off so much on that tangent but i'm not going to so i'm just going to continue with he handed me the sword and i saw the sword start to spin like a clock like the hands on a clock that's what was happening with the sword so i understood that the sword was kind of converting into this this concept of time and then i asked the dragon like what does this mean like what's the message and the phrase he gave me was you must kill time you must kill time and i was like the concept of time and basically he was like yes like it is one of your gifts and one of your duties to abolish the concept of time as we know it up until this point um yes. so i think it's a beautiful connection to what you're saying about dragon beings and dragon children and future future ancient beings who know that we are like we're beyond time we really are so we're so much more than it you know it it's an agreed upon um thing here on this earth right now that we still you know if i want to zoom with you i we still have to agree kind of on time <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but then other than that like we in my day-to-day -day, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what time I wake up. doesn't matter what time I go to sleep. I'm constantly coming in and out of meditative states and higher states of consciousness. And then I come back to my body and I ground and I quote unquote, act like a human sometimes. And then, and then I don't, and I drink my cacao and I go off into my, like my dragon aspects and that, that liberation that liberation energy of like it doesn't matter anymore and the more we speak that truth and vibrate in that the more other people will feel like they can also kill time and they can also remove themselves from that programming that's just been um very destructive and very manipulative on this planet for such a long time that makes sense. absolutely no absolutely it makes complete sense and um i would love to intersect on what you're saying with like time doesn't matter and if you go if you go into that um the sentence and time doesn't matter time does not become matter and that has been the programming actually that is so destructive and distorts um the human consciousness field because 
in some way or another. We can we can dive into that into some other <laughs> in some other podcast sometime. But time has been brought into matter, and when it when it was anchored on this planet into matter, that's when it became an issue for these beings perceiving time. For us, humanity, um, call it whatever you want to call it, for beings, all of existence within this um, uh, 3D uh, existence to experience time. So time in itself is not an issue. Time in itself exists, but it exists beyond the concept of what most human beings on the planet know as time. So we only know time as humans and via the programming as um, matter, as something that needs to be pinpointed, right? So this transformation that's happening now on the planet has different layers. And that's where these dragon children come in, but also the dragon mothers come in like ourselves, where you have earth seeds, you have souls that are fairly young and that are on the planet and they are, they are learning from the, from the, let's say, the deepest layers of density to come up. And these souls are inhabiting this planet right now, this existence and co-creating it with dragon mothers and dragon beings in the vessel and matter, like ourselves, who have the codes, who have these fields where we are weaving it into this new tapestry, basically. Um, and then you have these dragon children, these spirit babies, as I call them, my little little favorites, little beings to interact with, who are coming in and who are completely, um, completely unattached to any part of the concept that I just explained. But every, all of this is coexisting on this planet right now as the same, at, at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So what is interesting about that is that all these layers are students and teachers to each other. And the moment that we kill time, we are able to see the, tap- the tapestry that is being woven because you can detach from this false matrix, of course, only when there is something else to actually tap into, which is the Sophia consciousness, which is this uh, original source template that is, that is actually being restored by dragon mothers as ourselves and by these dragon children who are going to maintain the field going forward um, for all existence on this planet to step into that reality. But all of this is a process. And that's when time comes in again in, in, in let's say, in relation to patience, in relation to trust, in relation to um, removing ourselves from wanting to understand what is happening versus just living it and letting it live through us. Because then all of this beautiful template, this, this, this beautiful new tapestry can establish itself. And then all these beings that people get very impatient with, who are the younger ones among us uh, in their process, let's say, they have something else to step into that is just as solid as this programming that they have known as home. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be something else. And that's the process that we're in. We're weaving that something else, sorry, with the grid work, um, with birthing, birthing these beings, with stepping into our roles, right? Because not everyone is going to be a healer or not everyone is going to be walking around doing grid work. But we need entrepreneurs as well coming up with new ideas on how to live and how to use water sustainably, on how to um, actually 
be a part of the world and not not being um, the beings that are basically just usurping everything that which is what we have been taught to be up till that moment in time that that started to stop. So it's a process that is ongoing. It's a flow and it's happening beyond time, but it's happening also in matter. So it's also happening in the killing of time as most of us know it. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. So there's a couple of things there that are, yeah, they're being brought up, brought up um, as maybe something important to just touch upon. We don't have to go super deep on it, but I do think it's relevant what you said, because a couple of days ago, I was really feeling into this, this message that I received about kind of, kind of what you just said about we're not all healers necessarily. And yet, because we've moved into this kind of this very interesting time where spirituality, awakening, you know, the, the amount of information that people have access to right now, and, and all of a sudden people also have a lot of choices. Like, mm-hmm. do I go down my awakening path? Like, do I say yes to the rabbit hole? and start to dig and see and heal, you know, um, which is beautiful that we have choice. But at the same time, I think there is another distortion in the field where people are putting out a new programming that says, we're all healers, we're all shamans, we're all this, we're all that. And exactly what you just said, the word that was coming to me was architect. It's like, well, what if you're not a healer? What if you're an architect? Mm-hmm. New Earth needs the architects. New Earth needs the people that are going to build the idea people, like the, the you know, just so many different other gifts that exist that are even beyond what we know this Earth needs. There are yeah. new, new, old, ancient future, like, paths that people need to step into and remember and embody and be otherwise this planet is gonna like it's gonna be off balance again everybody's a healer and nobody can build or form structures and and be that other you know another part of this or be mothers or you know i think it's also about um what I noticed when this started happening is that you see the ones who designed this false matrix, false matrix, they are intelligent beings, right? They're using their intelligence for self-serving purposes, but they are intelligent beings. Mm -hmm. And a big part of my journey has been understanding these beings as well. Um, We don't even talk about that a lot, you know, or um, yeah, or, or approaching that um that knowingness that that there's this this divide approaching it with the whole heart and seeing the bigger picture but the point that i'm trying to make is is that there what we tapped into is a deeper layer of the dream because the moment that was detected that everyone is getting pings of awakening of course there's going to be a deeper layer inserted into the it, it happens actually through the astral um planes 
that it's inserted again into the soul that says, yes, of course you're remembering who you are. Yes, of course you are. And you have these capabilities, this mastery and these skill sets that are based on this Sophia consciousness reality. But now you have to be important within that reality. So that's when, you know, that untrained ego becomes almost like an opening to distract because then now you want to be a healer or now you want to be fulfilling this role where you have these followers and these people that you're teaching or leading towards this new earth or towards this fifth dimension or whatnot, you know, everything that we've been reading as of late. But the thing is that all these paths on the planet, the shamanic path or um, any type of enlightenment path, awakening paths, these are all techniques. And many of us have mastered these techniques in other realms, in other lifetimes, and we have brought them with us in order to make sure that the field has enough information, enough pathways for all beings that need one, basically. And what I'm noticing is that when the ego gets triggered um, through dream time, but also because of these these, these information triggers within that um, wanting to feel important for the planet, which is in itself actually something really cute. And it's really, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of, yeah, to me, it's kind of like, it's very cute to see that everyone wants to serve. But the problem is, is that when serving becomes a savior complex, right? Yeah. And that's when the, the, that's the distortion aspect that comes in. So then now you want to be a healer. But I mean, in essence, because you're made the way that we are made, you have healing codes, healing capabilities, not only for yourself, for the planet, for everyone around you, by just fulfilling your path, your role. So even if you are here to birth children and to be a mother that is instructing these children how to be themselves and how to work or be in the world in this new way, your role is perfect in itself without having to proclaim it in any which way. This is also another thing, like wanting to claim and proclaim things. And it comes down for me to simplicity. Simplicity. Every time I've went on any journey or have been instructed by any part of my oversoul, um, about anything that has to be, do on a planetary level, collective level, whatever, or on my personal level, I receive these codes in simplicity. Mm-hmm. So there are no big words. There are no, like you shared a post about this as well. There is no like very intricate instructions from a quantum f- physicist perspective. Um, and even though I am capable of having that understanding, when I want to share with others, I go back to the simplicity because the code of Mother Earth, the codes of Gaia, they are simple to understand. If you look at the indigenous tribes who have always survived any cataclysm on the planet and actually are the birthers of humanity over and over again, they do that in their simplicity and serving the land where they are, where they're from, the skin of the earth where they're living. They worship it with complete devotion, with no need to claim, proclaim, or be anything in reality. And all of the titles are usually bestowed upon you because you are serving in a way that is noticeable by others. So claiming to be anything is kind of useless in the process because now you've claimed that. So now you're trapped in your own story again. So 
it's a deeper dream. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm humbled by your words. <sighs> I think, I think what's coming up in me as we're speaking about this particular topic is an interesting layer of shedding again, as is the serpentine and the dragon way. Um, because even with this podcast, you know, self-importance or, you know, to proclaim that I am anything other than just Ariana, like I am Ariana. That in itself is so powerful that I don't need to put anything after that. Ariana, the architect, Ariana, the healer, Ariana, the dragon, like it actually seems quite ridiculous in this moment, right? And I yes. think and the layers, right? So in some way, it is important sometimes to, um, because we do get titles at a certain point within this process, because you get to, you get to receive where you're from, what you've mastered. And I think it's about becoming those things. And the interesting thing is I had this conversation with you do, during our reading that I told you about your name. Yeah. And that your name contains all these things. Mm -hmm. So this is the, the part that sometimes we skip, right? Because these names that we are given, we actually chose. So it sounds like we were given these names. But in some way, we chose to be called a certain sound. Mm -hmm. And these sounds contain codes within themselves. So Ariana, in itself, Ari being the one who has wings, being the one who has flight. Anna being of this, this divine lineage of the Magdalene's, the Rose. If I look at your path, you are entirely living Ariana. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and always, you know, and sometimes we skip certain things because they've become common, I guess, to us maybe uh, in a way, but it's about like, I think, if there's anything you can actually claim and just settle into that completely, it is definitely your, your name and, and dissect it and listen to the sounds, you know, that what it triggers within your being. And you'll notice also that it triggers others just by saying your name. Absolutely. I've, I've had, several medicine journeys since you and I had this conversation about my name where I've taken a portion of the journey to just chant my name, vibrate through my throat chakra, the sounds of my name. And I love your interpretation of my name, but it's so, it is, yes, like completely, you got me. And I also received a very unique transmission from cacao and mushrooms about Ariana as, as the, the frequency that's connected to, to the dragon lineage that I know I am. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's syllable by syllable, really. It's, um, it's beautiful what they showed me. It's beautiful what I've now been living since receiving that 
you know, it's like I am the river. The the ri in my name really is in English and in Spanish, river, rio. And I have double ri. I have ri in my first name and I have ri in my last name. So it's just like it blows my mind that yes, we are we are these magical beings that chose our names, they came here encoded. And mm -hmm. then when we remember and we rediscover it all, it just becomes that much more a part of our beingness and a part yeah. of our ability to also help other people awaken just by yeah. knowing it just by believing it and and loving that like i've always loved my name i always will love my name and now i help other people also like tap into certain codes and certain things that maybe they would have never thought of people are changing their names all the time right all like the time. they, they want to <laughs> You know, they want to, and it's beautiful. It's fine. You know, do what feels good for you. Um, but I find it interesting how a lot of times we're seeking outside of ourselves. when, again, we came here with everything already. Like we came here with all the pieces, you know? Yeah. And, and speaking on that, I mean, what, what you're saying, like, even when you do change your name, if it feels like something that is coming from within, um, then it's guided by something bigger. You know what I mean? So changing yes. it into something because it then pertains to a certain lineage and then you can market yourself better. I mean, that is a whole different story. But if you have had any type of experience and you feel any type of belonging with a different sound, um, you can absolutely add that. And I, I feel like it's very, very personal as well because on my my own journey I've, I've received many other sounds that pertain to my name but the interesting thing is is that even when i meet someone that has the same name as me um i the way that i speak my name is always different the way that it vibrates in my body is always personal because it has to do with your own toning right your own ability to tune and to to make these sounds and to vibrate from within so even people who share certain names that are common, even in that respect, there is individuality within that commonness. And I would actually, I would love to replace common with um, collective mm. because sometimes we want to be so individual and unique that we forget that being a part of a certain collective makes us very unique as well and that within that collective sharing that name or sharing that sound code that we can still have our own unique um sound to it our own twist to it right and the person who or uh, the being who actually instructed me on this this naming is io because io the first thing when i asked her what name do you want she said um i i was seeing the, the i and the o and I was thinking, you want to be called 10? Because it, <laughs> it looked like the number 10. Uh -huh. So I was so confused at first. And then I remember being guided to watching um, this movie, The Clash of the Titans. And at some point, um, Perseus is, um, is caught in like a dungeon. And this beautiful woman walks in and he asks her, asks her name. And she says, my name is Ayo. And suddenly I was like, Oh, she means Io. And 
I remember asking her, why do you want this name? And she said, because my name needs to be only sound. Mm. And I don't want anything that traps the sound. And ever since she's been here, I've asked her many times, would you want to be called something else? And she would always say, why would I want to be called something else? I am Io. Mm. And she's so proud of her name, you know, and it's something that is, um, it just touched me after that, after having that experience with her and I started paying more attention to these third babies and what they want to be called. And um, I've had the privilege to meet many and many that have come into being and all of them have names that have very intricate sounds mm-hmm. uh, versus what used to be on the planet, but then a different code was needed. So different names were given, right? So it also changes with different generations of beings coming in to this reality. Yeah. So going off of the children thread again, I would love if you could share a little bit about your work on the island, specifically how you came to know that part of your mission was to connect with dragon children. If you feel to share. Well, the island, I call her my little mother because um, much of what I have been doing lately um, has been in connection, complete connection with her. Um, and her children. So I'm talking here about the animals on the island reaching out in their own way, um, but also her presenting children to me, children that needed to be brought to certain areas on the island. Talk about grid work, right? Um, To open up certain portals on the island. So most of my work um, here in Curacao started um, grid work based, I would be, I would see coordinates or I would uh, receive audience messages about certain places I needed to go. And um, the first time this happened, actually, I was around 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, and this tree on the island called me. And I remember telling my mom about wanting to go see the tree and, and she was amazed that I knew about it. And it is what people on the island called the oldest tree on the island. And my mom brought me there. I have a picture of myself sitting on this huge, huge tree. And I remember feeling so connected to that, to that specific tree. And um, after Ayo was born, I even, I buried her, um, her umbilical cord. I buried it under the tree. I made like a little hole and I pushed it under the tree to, as a thank you as well, because she supported me through the process of birthing Ayo um, as well. And I brought Ayo there when she was only, uh, I think around two to two and a half weeks old. I brought her to the tree to meet this tree as well. Mm. Um, after that, we went many, many times. So this tree is the first first portal that I calibrated and opened on the island. And most of the spirit babies started coming in at that point in time. 
So most of them started um, coming in through that portal. And I remember also one time being, um, being told by this tree that she has a direct connection to inner earth. So this was interesting to me as well, because one of the first times that I saw these spirit babies was um, that they were being uh, nurtured within our sun. And I do know through my own travels that we can travel to our sun, what we just perceive as our sun outside, you know, in, in, uh, in our solar system through inner earth, through going through inner earth. You can go because there's a sun in the earth as well. And then you can go through that portal to our sun. So um, I, I have done this journey many, many times through my dra dragon aspect. And I'm, I remember the tree telling me like, I am going to open and these, these spirit babies are going to start coming through on this island. And that's the first time that I started receiving this. And it's interesting because these, these, these avatars, they have a complete connection with each other. So almost as if they're all like, if you would say like, you know, quadruplets or triplets, they're like, <laughs> I don't even know how you would say that, but because yeah. they're, they're father, but <laughs> you know, they are, they are the same template. So they know each other. Like they know each other, know each other. And that's been, um, that's been the most interesting discovery actually uh, while working with these children through the island is to receive that there's portals all over the Caribbean because my energy is more attuned to the Caribbean. I serve this portal on the planet. So that's most of the information that I get personally. And um, I was seeing that the ones that are coming in through here, they pertain to the fabric of diversity. So they weave diversity as, as a higher concept into the earth grid. So with the island, working with the island and working with these spirit babies, the, the biggest connection has to do with that. And a beautiful thing has started happening on the island since these, these um, avatars are being born on the island and around it. And I know that this has been happening all over the Caribbean is that names are being restored of the islands. The names are being restored of certain sacred places on the island. The islands are regaining their sacredness as being hubs, placeholders, bridges, into different realities, into bridges between different civilizations. Like if you go back to Lemuria and Atlantis, um, being these meeting places, hubs, um, some of the islands even pertaining to Atlantis being, being remnants of this huge continent that used to be a part of the Atlantic. And then we're talking more around Bermuda, right? That part. Mm -hmm. um, and then having islands like Curacao, like Aruba, like Bonaire, um, being a part of the first hubs that were touched on when the first travelers were leaving Lemuria and going out into Europe, across Atlantis, into Egypt. So the connections between all parts of the planet um, went on one side through the Caribbean and one on the other side through the Polynesian islands. Um, so this island energy is very unique and we talked about this, I remember, in your ceremony, which I enjoyed a lot, about the uniqueness of being on a piece of land that is surrounded by water. Mm. And I think I'm 
just now touching on this, so I still have to unpack, but I, I, I'm starting to notice that the uniqueness of being surrounded by water and this island serving almost like incubation systems for spirit um, is, has a connection as well. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <sighs> receiving, receiving, I'm receiving everything that you just shared right now. And it feels like it's rippling through my body, through my waters, through my knowing and remembrance. So thank you so much for sharing that. I hope people are starting to get like a, like a broader understanding, not only of how magical this world is, but what's possible moving forward because beings like us heard the call and went through our initiations, which never, never end, but you know, we've gone through enough initial um, through the fire and through the flood and, you know, through all of these beautiful mm -hmm. initiations that the earth gives us, that our relationships give us, that we ourselves also decide, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to travel like you going to Europe, connecting to other parts of the world. And then over there, hearing the call from the island being like, come home. Mm -hmm. We need you. Like, this is, this is big. And I feel like something similar. There's a parallel between your story and my story, because I went to Spain in a very similar fashion. And when I was in Spain and Europe and reconnecting is when I heard my ancestors being like, you better get your butt to Mexico. You better come to, you know, Guatemala and Mayan lands. And I was like excited and also terrified, like terrified of like, wait, but I thought I was doing the Europe thing. I thought, you know, the travel and the, like, I realized, I realized that it was all soul retrieval. You're talking about this whole um, path of like Lemuria, Atlantis, how it's connected to Europe, how it's connected to Egypt, you know, Palestine, Israel, Middle East. And I've felt that, I've seen that when I've been on the lands as well. I've remembered those pieces so deeply that it makes sense that my body and my heart and also um, my soul took me to a lot of those places and was like, I need you to remember, I need you to touch ground in these places and then go back to your ancestral lands because it's almost like if you don't, who will, <laughs> you know? Like and if you know, like retracing back. I remember one of the first messages I received as a child um, from this Sophia consciousness was everything is going back in its place. And I misunderstood that message for like the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> because I was processing it through my mind. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember when I started working with the island, suddenly all of it made sense. There's so much distortion in our history as to our origins, you know, different, different continents and different 
racist claiming the origins of humanity. And I believe in different realities, different things are true because everything is, can be true at the same time. But then there's this origin of, of, of everything. And this is not written in history. This is not recorded in any books that are accessible to the masses, but it is recorded in our DNA. It is recorded in ourselves. It is recorded in our codes that we carry, all of us, no exception. And if we have the courage to let go of what the mind wants to hold on to and step into those places, there's those like those hidden chambers in our hearts, right? Then you will know that initially there was one big piece of land where life was incubated on this 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 planet and that all origins stem from that same exact place when it comes to the bodies that we inhabit when it comes to the journeys that we've had with Gaia and I feel a lot of connection with every single part of this planet actually like like you said you know like you you go on these journeys and I've gone on on some journeys in, in my physical body and physicality, but most of my journeys have been um, through the realms and I've been everywhere, like everywhere, <laughs> literally all across the planet. And I felt home everywhere that I've been and I found a piece of myself everywhere that I've been because we're all kin. So where one lives, all live. And I feel that we're coming back to that realization. I feel that it's happening slowly but surely, that everything is falling back in its place. Everything goes back to where it needs to be. And with back in that case, I mean forwards too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Moving forward to where it came from. Mm. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, I say it a lot in Papiamento in the language of the island, um, a lot because that's how I heard it from the island. Mitabai I am going to where I came to where I came from. Mm-hmm. So that's something that um, that I'm seeing a lot happening, not only on the island. There's people visiting for a little while, finding these higher callings, and then moving to a different part of the planet. And again, reaffirming that purpose of the Caribbean Caribbean serving as this incubation um, realm for many, many new energies. And there's there's a, a couple of other parts on the planet serving that, that same purpose as well. Yes. I feel like the Lago Atitlan is one of those places. Yeah. And I do, not, I do not think it is a mistake that we are connecting these two grids right now through this field. Um, since I got here, I have not been able to not say the word island when I'm referring to this place, yes. which is not an island. But at the same time, my soul remembers it as an island. So accidentally, it comes out of my mouth all the time. I'm like, yeah, the island. I mean, the <laughs> lake. I mean, the land. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I mean. But, but apparently, it just 
just escapes my mouth because it, it feels like that's the truest flow when I'm talking about this place. And what's so interesting is that I think the islands, um, the only other island that I, I feel very, very connected to is uh, Mallorca in mm -hmm. Spain because I did get to live there for 10 months and do a lot of grid work. And I was really, really invited to shed my old life on that island. When yeah. we're talking about being in Europe and being in Spain and thinking that your life was going a certain way as you had been preparing it, as you had been quote unquote planning and then having this whole like basically U-turn happen and spirit being like, no, like put the brakes, turn the car around, like no, that happened to me in Mallorca. And what I realized is Mallorca, like many islands, is really that divine feminine, Sophia, consciousness energy that you've been speaking of she's just this feminine mother you know the ocean surrounding not only Mallorca but four islands in the Baleares um, these four islands are just like they're so special to me and they're so special to that part of the world which is basically um, leaving leaving Europe making its way towards, I don't know, Africa or the ocean, the Atlantic. Yes. And I think um, I called that into my life also to have that experience of being surrounded by water, which again is also a beautiful way to reconnect with remembrance, consciousness, the collective unconsciousness also, like water connects us all, not just human to human, not just, you know, country to country, but it connects us galactically. It connects us to inner earth. There's portals where you can go to inner earth from the water as well. I know people um, travel all kinds of different ways to really remember these pieces and the way I've done it I'm completely not from the mind, completely from the heart, like just thought I was traveling, loving life, experiencing things. And all along, it was all like initiations, preparations, so divinely orchestrated by my higher self and my dragon and, and so many other beings that I'm just humbled. I'm just humbled to have to have landed where I am now, Lago Atitlan, for however long I get to be of service here, you know? Well, you are sort of like on an inverted island, right? Because it's like water surrounded by land. Yes. So yeah. in itself, it's like, it's a completely different experience of what an island can be. And um, to me, islands represent sovereignty um, in physical form if sovereignty were to be a piece of land, I think it would be an island. And mostly because all islands are interdependent. So it's also about moving from that codependency frequency into interdependency, knowing that islands have this 
beautiful energy, but they interconnect with different other parts to sustain themselves um, on a physical aspect, but also sustaining energetically um, wherever they are interconnected with. So being at Lago right now for you, it's so interesting to be um, around or on a lake and surrounded by, by these huge mountains and these, these beautiful sacred lands with amazing guardians that you also get to interact with and learn from and um, receive from, right? Yes, it's a huge, huge initiation in itself to be here. Um, and I know how many other times I've been here, like not in a number, but just in a feeling of like, wow, this really is home. This really is home from many other lifetimes, even lifetimes where quote unquote humans were not here like there were other beings that were here things were being set up i have kind of just this knowing that i was he here kind of floating around like being like oh getting really excited about what was gonna happen here yes. you know and and now that i'm back i've been really oscillating between seeing the light and the dark here of course the water shows us everything so even if we're not talking about just polarity if we're talking about full spectrum the water shows you what needs to be seen and i've been i've been seeing so much that i'm like ah don't show me anything else like give me a break for a week like it's so much that i'm being shown and then i'm like okay but what do I do with that? Like, do I talk about it? Do I just dance in my room and transmute it? Do I drink my cacao and growl like a dragon and, and trust this spirit and this planet and Gaia and, you know, everything is exactly as it needs to be. And a part of me feels like all of those things are true at the same time. Right. And yes. it's just, go with the one that you feel the most guided to do in that moment. And if it's to transmute and you have to move and you have to dance and you have to smile and laugh, then, then do that. And in another moment, if you have to drop some truth bombs, then do that, you know? So I'm not limiting myself either. And I'm really just asking to remove the ego completely. Like, let me just, serve because this is not about me as you're saying this is about the interconnectedness and the interdependence of all of us mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all of us you know and yeah. that's just kind of what i've been navigating for the past two months it will officially be two full months on the lake here yeah. in just a couple days yeah, because you were you arrived at the beginning of February, right? Yeah, yeah. So like almost two months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, and what you're seeing also, what um, what came up when you were talking about the ego in just now, is that um, lately because of the work that I'm doing with the island and. Um, trying to understand what you're saying, you know, really hit home. Like, so all of this that I'm receiving, how do I share it? Where do I share it from? I mean, this island, to most people living here, it's called 
Curacao, and it has a history with slavery and with a lot of um, suffering. So a lot of people, that's the story they know, and they hold on to that story because when you are traumatized often, trauma becomes almost comfortable. It becomes almost, you know, the only thing you know, and it's less scary than liberation in a way. So I've also been questioning that a lot. And what I've come up with is that um, it's about also, what do you want to express in that moment? And while you're expressing that, because we move in all directions simultaneously, especially as dragon beings, um, everything else that needs to be expressed from any, every, any other part in any other realm is doing that simultaneously. And really, you know, the choice is yours, you know, that whole free will aspect. So what expression do you want to do here in this density? But that doesn't mean and doesn't stop all the higher expressions from emanating from you and from your own space at that same exact time. And in that respect, when it comes to the ego, what I've been touching on lately is that I think we could almost say that the ego is the human aspect that is a little bit immature uh, as a species and is the one that we're growing um, while being interconnected and sharing with each other is helping that. Because to me, humanity, if we look at it from that spirit baby perspective, humanity is in itself a spirit baby of existence of this universe. And humanity hasn't had a chance to grow into its full potential because of many, many things that have happened. I mean, we can go into that some other time. But you know what I mean. Like, oh, humanity yeah. has, has <laughs> been held back um, a lot. And, um, and when I'm saying this, I don't mean this from the perspective of, of humanity being a victim. I mean it from the perspective of... Um, recognizing other beings, other entities, recognizing the magnificence and the grandeur of the species, the human species, and deliberately wanting to make that process um, almost stagnant, almost so slow that it feels like we're stuck, right? So I feel that as, as spirit babies of this beautiful universe, humanity has not had the chance to mature and then there comes a story of the ego and then humanity is told like now you have all these different parts of one which is the ego that needs to be abolished so and if we look at it as a programming of separation it almost makes it impossible then for humanity to integrate fully and to mature because now there's this one part one aspect of self that we don't want that we almost wants it to just, you know, come out already. So like this impatientness almost towards the ego aspect. When, to me, when I feel into the ego and why it started existing in the first place, I feel the ego had to come into existence because we started competing with each other within this existence, within this realm um, here on earth. So the ego is almost like, you know, when you have a trauma, and your soul decides, like what you explained about you soul retrieving, you know, parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like humanity decided to separate this inner child part of itself 
and to make sure that it continued to go. So it continued to be able to exist in survival mode even, but to continue to be a part of this reality. So now we come at a place where we are ready to say to the ego, you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be so protective, um, so defensive anymore. You know, I am ready for you to integrate back. I'm ready for this child to come home and to have an environment in, in which it can grow, in which its parent is a divine masculine energy that is protective and that is nurturing within also having this beautiful feminine divine energy that is all-knowing and that, that is a womb in which this child called humanity can flourish. And then the ego becomes a completely different thing, right? So it becomes a completely different experience almost. It becomes almost like you want to invite it in for it to participate. And this is something that is just started to come in for me. So I apologize if I cannot explain it um, eloquently and very well. <laughs> but this is what I've gotten so far as pertaining to how we relate to the ego and how we've been taught about the ego from different um, practices and different, um, you know, techniques and uh, thought processes, thought forms, beliefs, whatnot. Um, I think it's time to even look at the ego and look at what it actually is. I always kind of have wrestled a little bit with the idea because I did not study anything about this. I know, or I, I believe we know about the ego from Freud. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was a little bit wacky anyway, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of just a knowing in my body of like checking in with myself and knowing when when I'm not operating from the heart. There's, yeah, there's a few different other places you could be operating from and one of them happens to be the ego, Mm -hmm. And it, it's not always that it's only ego. Like sometimes it's 70% ego, 30% heart. I'm also not discrediting that, you know, like we are complex beings, like yes. so many possibilities. Yes. And I feel like a part of me has, has a higher ego, you know, which kind of comes in as this like lion, like, fuck, I'm a, you know, like, I'm, I am a leader and I do need to speak the truth and you need to hear me, you know, like, I don't know, it feels, it feels a little bit like a past life where I was like a emperor or something. I don't know. And I, I just wanted to be loud and in charge. I'm sure, I'm sure you have this lifetime. Possibly. But then at the same time, I understand also that my ego doesn't always work alone. You know, sometimes it's just like very low in the background and it has a little bit of a say, but then the heart is like the star. So it yeah. just shares little bits and pieces. And but really the the overarching energy is heart frequency, love, compassion, you know, so operating you, system and you choose, you choose, let's say. Yeah, yeah. We, we choose and we weave those energies into what we do and how 
how we serve and how we share. Mm -hmm. And I think mostly what annoys me is when I feel somebody's like 100% ego and 0% heart. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think you explain it very well. And I um, how I use it as my compass is like, is someone's ego self-serving or is someone's ego serving right now as a protector because maybe the masculine energy within that person is still being healed? So exactly what you're saying. It's about the components. It's about the mixture, like how much of what is present. And what is it backed up by? And um, I do believe that what I actually explained just now, I, I do want to say that I feel that it pertains more to people just stepping on their paths and um, learning all these new concepts of which ego is one, and then learning that the ego needs to disappear and not questioning that. Like what you just explained, like how you handle it, you, you're already deeper, right? You already went within your own being and saying like, how does this, how does this operate for me? And I think that's key, like in everything that we are sharing, um, how to receive this is you have to just take it in and see what it means to you because we're all in such a different part of our processes and we do share a lot. I mean, everyone, you know, there's these fields that are absolutely interconnected and like, we both share um, many, many of those fields. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel into what you're saying and I, I can relate a lot with sometimes having even to include that ego um, in. But I mean, if you have confronted these aspects of yourself in a way that you can bring ego into the mix for what it actually can bring to the table, which is this corrective, this leadership, this like, I'm here and I'm allowed to be here, you know, type of energy versus I'm gonna take whatever I want um, regardless because I don't give a fuck about y'all. That's like a completely different, I feel more like an uh, unhinged, unhealed, very angry aspect of the being versus having this, this aspect transmute all of that rage, that sacred rage into actual wisdom. So I feel that what you explain is more that, is having confronted these aspects and now it serves as a wise one. And when you detect these parts of it that are still raging, then you know, then there's still, you know, work <laughs> to be done. I find that those aspects a lot when it comes to raising um, Ayo with uh, co-parenting with a father who is completely not on these paths at all, is completely engaged in the 3D. And, um, and with the 3D, I do mean the false matrix aspect of it. Um, it gets really difficult because I can, I can say something and what is received is so different because it is at that point being filtered through this unhinged ego aspect, right? So, um, yeah, and then I have to use my ego aspect to confront that in order to, to be heard because the ego does not register any other aspect but another ego and in order to back down. Mm -hmm. Or you have to be in like complete 
detachment and complete love and and be able to to hold that food but i'm not there yet because i need to protect my baby that's how it feels you know so i'm still working on that part of my own ego as well absolutely (laughs) i was i was getting this interesting visual like where we're almost invited sometimes to meet the energy that needs to be transmuted but in order to be transmuted it has to kind of appear in a similar language or a like almost like a similar frequency um as as what it is so in this case like ego meeting ego or i don't know like um a divine mother meeting like a mother, right? Who doesn't understand the full power and divinity that she carries and therefore she doesn't hold herself that way or she doesn't act that way with her children. You know, I, I feel like we grew up in a very unique also time where, um, like you said, parenting, mm-hmm. our parents did the best they could our parents were a part of a whole generation, a whole generation that were just really, really trying to um, maintain a family, a home, you know, work, work their butts off, like raise us, teach us, like it was rough. I remember so many times growing up where I would feel not seen, I would feel not heard, I would feel completely like alien even in my own family because I thought differently or I felt deeper, like where I could just start bawling from one comment or one expression of anger from my dad or somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like this is also a very beautiful time as we're preparing to welcome in even more waves of spirit babies new beings new energies like calibrated whole you know whole beings are arriving to earth so to also remember that everything that we lived has informed our path but we can also be at peace with it all you know peace like real internal peace that kind of is connected to forgiveness, like forgiving our parents, forgiving our family members, our friends, our ex-partners, whoever harmed or hurt us. It's just, I think it's time to really be like, I'm so strong that none of that broke me. None of that took me off the path. If anything, it put me more on my path than anything. So thank you for all of it bless it yeah that's everything bless all of it because all of it was divine in its timing our parents their arrival here here on earth the bridge the the gap that they had to bridge was insane you know the fact that they had to bring in within their wave like their our grandparents and these these parents of us belonging to these baby boom boomer generation bringing in all these beings to the planet i mean 
we're all here in this point in time brought into physicality or not um, because there is something huge happening here in this point on this planet. Um, so yeah, I think also what everyone needs to remember is to what you just said, like forgiveness, bless it all, bless that it's all happening. Um, we are divine beings. We need to start blessing all reality with lucidity with not only awareness, because awareness can be passing. So you can have a passing awareness of something. Something comes in and you notice it and it's, 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 it's opening, it's activating, but then you, you seep back into your, let's say your... Your pain routine. body. Yeah, your pain body, that routine, right? That programming. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, if you can stay in that energy of, of, of blessing everything, being in gratitude, being in forgiveness, being in the knowingness that you are lucid within this dream, understanding that behind everything, there's something else to be seen. Um, there's so much to be received from that, so much healing to be received from that personally for every single one of us. Yeah. I want to bless our parents. I want to bless the mamas and the papas. Brought in the dragons and yes. kind of don't even know we're dragons, but you know it's all it's all good. It's all good. We are praise with us for them. They brought us through, you know. Yeah. I remember my little brother be sitting in the car and asking my mom, Are you my mother? And my mom, like, yes, I'm your mother. And he's like, are you sure you're my mother? I don't remember you being my mother. And my mom just cried. <laughs> so can you imagine what these what is this, this amazing beings that decided to, on this task, like to bring us in? Like, it must have been one crazy twilight zone for them. Like coming from this stagnant, almost like, you know, dictator vibes energy from their grandparents saying that this is the way things are. There's no other way things can be to creating these bridges from there to whatever they decided to establish so that we could come and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, finish this, this bridge that you're building, but I'm, I'm going to break yours down first. That was a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, bless them. Blessing them, the mamas and the papas. Yeah. And yeah, just living more and more from grace because sometimes forgiveness has this weird, although I don't have a problem with the word and the frequency of forgiveness, like sometimes other people have a problem with it. So I like to go to the word grace and the frequency of grace. And I feel like yes. it just gives us this whole, um, yeah, like, I don't know, like a free pass to just be like, from now moving forward, I live in grace. Yes. Everything is as it needs to be. Everything was and everything will be as it needs to be. Yes. You know, and I love what you said about the lucidity. We're like lucid dreaming this reality. I love that phrase. We're dreaming this reality. We're together. We're dream weaving. We're dreaming but we're lucid dreaming this reality. I so, so appreciate that. Yeah. That you, yeah, said I mean, so beautifully. It the whole wanting to be awake, right? You, you can be awake, but yeah, if you're lucid, it doesn't matter where you're dreaming from. And 
sometimes even like those little just changes in how we we word things or perceive things like what you just did with forgiveness and grace it gives room to breathe it gives room for the soul to find itself back and because some of the words that we use in our current society um, and in spiritual communities is so you know laden so heavy with all these different associations that are not always opening of opening the heart opening the um, the mind to receive sometimes if we just look at something from a different perspective versus looking at it as a concept can give so much different so many again that those pathways right so you create so many pathways to that same thing so many pathways to grace so many pathways to awareness to lucidity to um clarity and the more pathways we have and the more personal your pathways can be if you can create them for yourself um to me that's the greatest gift you can give yourself you know to create your own ways in and out in expression maybe that could be a good i guess like completion energy for for this particular podcast um if you maybe share your experience with dragons and pathways um do dragons create massive pathways for change on this planet um maybe a specific experience you could share or or just a knowing that you could share so other people could also understand that big changes are here right mm-hmm. changes are here we're living them we're seeing them we're breathing them we're loving them um even when it's tough we're loving the changes that we're seeing on this planet we're loving the speed of change that we've seen just since 2020 and the fact that my remembrance with dragons started happening more in this decade you know i don't have yet dragon remembrance back to my childhood i'm sure it will come at some point but my remembrance and my real deep dives with dragons and dragon energy and my dragon essence feels much more fresh from this decade and yet even with that i know about my experience with pathways being created big change and so i want to get your take on that um what comes to heart immediately is surprise allow for the energy of surprise to be available the energy of magic to be available within you allow for room for things to just come in and that you can just go wow and just sit there because that is the opening to any pathway any direction you might want to take um i feel that because we live in a society now that glorifies instant anything and glorifies knowingness of the mind um it has eliminated the magic of surprise of things not being known to us of stepping into that space where um things can be scary and dark but anything can be created there and that's the realm where i have met my dragon 
aspect for the first time as a child in complete darkness. In complete darkness, this most beautiful being created out of these light streams just manifested itself in front of me. And it took a while because it was so big for me to understand that it was even a dragon. Um, first, it was just a combination of galaxies woven into each other. And if I didn't have that childlike, magical way of thinking, that element of surprise of being in my passion, like you mentioned in the beginning, of being in my joy, I might have just stayed with like, oh, I'm just looking at galaxies. But I allowed myself to be surprised by what this this magnificence that I was witnessing inside of my own being and seeing that overshow aspect manifest itself and, and letting myself constantly throughout my journey on this planet to be surprised every time again, time and time again, as I would meet my oversoul and again be remembered of this dragon aspect, seeing creation explode and unfold many, many times over again through my journey as a, as a dragon being, every, every single moment was just preceded by the element of wanting to be surprised by something magical. So if there is anything that I would want to leave our viewers and listeners with, then it would be to just allow yourself to be surprised, allow yourself to not know, and do not be afraid because there is nothing, not one thing that exists beyond loving Sophia, God, consciousness, beyond source. Everything that you might fear, anything that you might think that could happen still leads to love. It really, really does. And allow yourself to just be a child in your way of being and get surprised by life. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have no I have nothing more. Yeah, I feel very complete. I feel like that was a very powerful invitation for people. And so I'd love to just end with gratitude for you, sister, for your essence, your shares, your wisdom, your personal stories. Um, the island, beautiful island. Can you say the name again? Uracauta, the Thank island you. of Curacao. Yeah, <laughs> for your dragons, for our ancestors and our higher selves and Lago Atitlan and the dragons here and the waters here and the land here and all of the fields that let us record because we so struggled to record this episode today. But that was also um, divine, as it all is. So, yes, sister. thank you so much for inviting me. It was a joy. I really enjoyed sharing and co-creating with you. <laughs> Too many more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And can't wait to see you on the island. I hope you still get a chance to like be here in your physical form. So we can enjoy meeting each other in person <laughs> as well. Here or anywhere else in the world, by the way, would be nice, dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I still have full intention to make my way to the island. 
but you're very very welcome here yeah yes okay sister <laughs> and to all the beautiful beings who tuned in and really went on a journey with us also you guys like your dragons too like if you made it this far you're a dragon yeah absolutely because <laughs> this is very very specific niche like just so special honey information so um thank you guys for your your connection and your your hearts also yes sending Absolutely. so much love to you all blessings <laughs>